Nexus PMG welcomes you to the Bigger Than Us podcast, which we as energy geeks lovingly refer to as the BTU. Bigger Than Us is a podcast that focuses on ideas that will shape the future of our planet and ultimately our existence. We will occasionally lean into energy topics because after all, it's the key to our collective survival, but we'll also explore other ideas and topics that we believe will have an impact that is bigger than us. And now, on to today's show. Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Venki Kinney to the show. Venkatesh Kinney is co-founder of Ubuntu, a global environmental solutions platform that helps scale impactful innovations that address the planet's biggest challenges. Venkatesh holds 30 years of experience in marketing and general management with some of the world's most reputable brands and corporations. Venki, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Raj. And thanks for having me on this podcast. Venki, thank you for joining. Venki, I'd like to open the show by asking the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be? I guess the most interesting thing about me is that I'm an accidental marketeer. Um, my my uh, passion growing up was uh, sustainability, wildlife, and nature. And if I hadn't uh, uh, stumbled into marketing as a career through an MBA, I might have uh, ended up as a wildlife warden in a nature or game sanctuary somewhere in the world and been very happy doing that. But uh, the the needs of uh, uh, earning a living and having a stable home with uh, with kids to bring up uh, led me down a marketing career. Uh, but at heart, I'm still a naturalist. What about marketing drew you to it? Um, Growing up in India, which is where I did my education and uh, I, I um, graduated with a degree in economics and then did an MBA, um, uh, the uh, the country was still uh, a socialist country. In fact, uh, when I was when I graduated, even companies like Coca Cola were were forbidden from operating in India. So um, jobs were scarce, careers were limited to uh, engineering, um, medicine, or if you got a a business degree, you might get a job in some uh, big, you know, big uh, Indian company or some small multinational. And uh, I discovered very quickly that uh, during my MBA uh, stint, um, I was fascinated by marketing because of its uh, focus on humans, human emotions, and creating uh, big, powerful brands. And uh, I discovered I had a knack for it, so I chose marketing as a career. Where did that career eventually lead you to? So um, my my career started off in India with a couple of Indian companies, uh, and uh, eventually I found myself uh, working for Coca Cola, which I joined in 1998. <clears throat> and um, I, went, I I ended up spending 20 years at Coca Cola, uh, rising from brand manager of Sprite in India to eventually becoming the uh, the the president of the South Asia business unit. And along the way, I ran the global bottle water business for Coke, and I was global head of uh, juice marketing, and uh, associated myself with brands like Dasani, uh, Minute Maid, and of course, the entire portfolio of soft drink brands, Coca-Cola, Sprite, Fanta. Um, And uh, it was a pretty wonderful and rewarding career. Now, Coke is a marketing powerhouse. What are one or two lessons you learned from your time at Coke regarding marketing? 
I think the, the the common misconception that people have about marketing is that it's all about the advertising. And the one lesson I could I took away from my years at Coke and eventually uh, I've, I've coached and preached to a lot of people that um, at Coke the bulk of the brand is built through its everyday interactions with consumers. So um, uh, every day, one and a half billion times a day, uh, someone picks up a Coke and drinks it. And that overall experience, the the bottle, the the temperature at which it's served, uh, the environment in which it's served, the quality and collect um, and, and 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 cleanliness of the coolers, uh, everything contributes to building the brand experience. The quality of the product, the consistency of taste, regardless of where you are in the world, all of these things contribute towards building the brand. The advertising, which is the tip of the iceberg, is what most people see and associate with marketing. But I believe the marketing of Coke is in the magic of delivering that product experience every day, everywhere in the world, consistently for 100 years. You know, I love the idea of consistency. And in one of your interviews, I heard you say something that was very interesting, specifically specifically about consumers. And I think you said consumers want to be loved, accepted, and how Coke wanted to, I think, ally itself with people's mind share about having a good time. Is that correct? That's correct. I think for a brand to be successful, you have to love your consumers. And for any marketeer, uh, if they're choosing a career in marketing, you've got to first fall in love with the consumers, fall in love with their needs, and then figure out how your brand can help them meet their needs better. Um, and consumers just love brands that get them. Well, I know Coke gets its consumers very well. Thank you. So Thank you. Let's switch gears here and move from your history at Coke to Ubuntu. Can you share with the audience an overview of Ubuntu and your role at the organization? Sure. Uh, so Ubuntu is a, a digital platform that helps convert ambition, sustainability or environmental ambition into action. It essentially uh, bridges the gap between what companies want to do, which is most companies that I know of and their CEOs want to do the right thing by the environment. They want to be socially and environmentally responsible corporations. But the actual performance on the ground is usually uh, not in line with the ambition and often uh, progress is very slow. And we set up Ubuntu as a way to accelerate that conversion from ambition to action by connecting companies to uh, thousands of startups and innovators that have got amazing technologies and solutions um, uh, to reduce environmental footprint of companies. But the lack of connectivity and the lack of collaboration is what constrains uh, uh, the action. So you could call us a sustainability marketplace with collaboration at its core. I love the idea about moving from ambition to action. Can you perhaps share a story about a company that you've worked with where maybe someone in the company, C-level executive, had the ambition perhaps to engage in sustainability or broadly speaking ESG, and you helped them on that journey? Sure. Um, I can share with uh, the audience recent uh, example that has been publicly shared. So uh, I'm at liberty to talk about that experience. Uh, Mondelez, the global snack food company, has uh, pledged to eliminate its plastic waste and uh, reduce in its, its, uh, the, the packaging uh, environmental footprint of its packaging. Uh, so in India, where they have a large business, they 
are already neutral with regard to the packaging waste. However, they they, they would collect almost more than the, the total volume of packaging that they were uh, producing. Post-consumer waste was collected back by the company. They were looking for ways to utilize the recovered packaging material in an environmentally friendly way. Uh, and the material was, was, was predominantly multi-layer plastic waste, which is a mixture of plastic and metal. Uh, and that's notoriously difficult to recycle economically. Um, so they engaged us to help them find a solution and not just the technology, but an entire business model that could make it economically viable for an ecosystem to solve this problem without Mondelez having to invest uh, repeatedly year after year in that in that uh, space. So uh, Ubuntu, through our network of over, over 3,000 entrepreneurs and innovators, we searched through them. We narrowed down to a few technologies that we thought could serve this need and then identified potential implementation partners and created a business model that would uh, use the collected multi-layer plastic waste that was collected on behalf of Mondelez in India as a raw material to produce a plywood alternative. And that plywood alternative uh, essentially converted waste multi-layer plastic into a building material that can be recycled indefinitely and helps reduce the environmental footprint of the built environment too. So it was a win-win-win. Mondelez was able to <clears throat> responsibly dispose of its packaging waste. The multi-layer plastic waste that was typically incinerated or sent to landfill in India uh, found a second life. And then the construction industry in India now have access to a new kind of construction material or uh, interior decoration material that is low carbon footprint, does not use wood and does not have harmful chemicals in it. That's a really interesting story. It almost sounds like I come from a consulting world. It sounds like you're doing um, almost like a vendor qualification. Would that be correct? That's part of the story. Yes. So we we have a four step process where we uh, enable discovery of technologies and solutions, innovations. We vet, qualify and shortlist the ones that are best suited to us to a need. And that varies from country to country, from situation to situation. So the best vendor for a problem in India may not be the best vendor for a problem in the US. So for each client situation and each uh, problem definition, we find the right vendors. Uh, that's the qualification part. And then we also take it all the way to prototyping and testing and piloting and uh, then help with developing the scale-up plan. Uh, so the four-step process ends up in creating an end-to-end -end solution driven mainly by uh, small, enterprising, innovative startups and entrepreneurs. So do you have an internal team that helps companies go through this business process? Yes. So we have, um, at Ubuntu, um, we have a base, which is a platform, and there's a free version of the platform that anyone can visit to uh, search on their own for technologies and solutions. But that has limited functionality and limited uh, content. Then for our enterprise customers, we have uh, private uh, collaboration spaces that we call greenhouses. And these are managed by our account teams or account managers and project leaders who uh, curate for the client solutions, news, and knowledge that meets their brief. And then through uh, an online collaboration process with a little bit of white love service from our account and customer service managers, we convert the insights and knowledge produced in the greenhouse into a full-fledged project for implementation. And in some cases, we hand off at the implementation stage to the client. In some cases, we take it all the way through implementation. And in many cases, actually, we uh, use local on-ground implementing partners 
because we are a we are a relatively small startup with uh, uh, without a large number of people and we find the best implementing partners in each country to help us with converting that ambition into action and i'm glad you mentioned startup because i'm curious to know you know with your marketing background how have you been getting the word about ubuntu out to your potential customers and clients uh, we are fortunate to have uh, on our team one of what i would consider the most brilliant marketing and uh, uh, social media savvy marketers and uh, our our uh, head of marketing yuri has done an amazing job of spreading the word through a through a combination of content that we create and we disseminate through linkedin instagram twitter and various other social media platforms which uh, celebrates the startups and innovators that we feature on ubuntu and at the same time publicizes our platform uh, for people to come and visit we also do a lot of email marketing direct outreach and uh, content that we create on linkedin uh, between peter and me my co-founder peter and i have collectively got 50000 followers on linkedin mostly professionals and we create content that is then disseminated through that network so it's not your conventional direct marketing email outreach alone but there's a whole host of tools that we bring to bear to spread the word about ubuntu now i know a little bit about platform technologies and i know they often struggle with the chicken and egg problem you know getting the users getting the product etc what's been the most challenging part for you building ubuntu you you're you're absolutely right the platforms are um, notoriously difficult to build because of the need to to balance the creation of supply with the creation of demand and vice versa and both sides are are dependent on the other to grow so what we did was uh, and so so the biggest challenge we faced was uh, neither peter nor i had a technology background neither did we have a sustainability sustainability background and we were first time entrepreneurs he in his 40s i am in my 50s and it was surprising how after a 30 year corporate career we were essentially clueless about how to actually start and run a business so the first challenge we faced was being on, you know how to be an entrepreneur starting from scratch uh, the second and the biggest challenge as a platform is without a massive amount of initial funding we we bootstrap at the beginning uh, you can't create that large amount of supply and large amount of demand through either marketing or uh, a push type approach so we decided to very narrowly focus on plastic waste and pollution as a, a a focus area and within that we narrowly focused on the consumer products industry and within that we focused only on the packaging so we picked a very narrow niche and but within that niche we went a mile deep and that going a mile deep within packaging plastic waste and finding the best solutions for that allowed us to then go and uh, first of all build a 500 solution database which we built by hand and uh, entered by hand and and uh, created profiles ourselves we then went and pitched that to consumer product companies that we knew and convinced them to start reaching out to some of these startups and innovators to help them with pilots and with customers and stuff like that so so the biggest challenge was in in any marketplace where do you begin and we picked a very narrow space to begin and the second biggest challenge is how do you invest to build a technology when you don't have lots of resources so we did almost everything physically by hand between us and a few of our early employees and uh, over the years now we've been automating many things we've been building digital tools to simplify the process and reduce the human intervention 
but the early days have been, I can say, from most challenging in our life. Now you mentioned business model earlier. What is the business model of Ubuntu? You know, revenue model. So we decided very early to to not not use advertising or a charge for listing on the platform. We, you know, the, the risk with advertising and paid promotion is that uh, it becomes a pay-to-play platform. Essentially, then anything that's listed on the platform is based on how much people are willing to spend in premium listings and featured listings. We also decided that we existed to serve the startup community and the innovators. So we decided to feature their profiles for free and also to invest in building beautiful uh, visually appealing and uh, well-written profiles of each of the solutions. All the profiles in Ubuntu are written by us and our editors. The, so, so the revenue model is entirely driven by customers. We go to customers and clients, typically large corporations, and tell them, if you're looking to solve an environmental problem, let's say you want to reduce your packaging waste footprint, then we will find for you the right partners through a curated solution software called our greenhouse and do it faster, cheaper, and better than conventional consultants or crowdsourced platform. So you said you, I think I'm, I'm quite a paraphrased here, existed for the startup community. You know, you said you and Peter, 30 years of corporate starting a startup. Why did you both decide to start Ubuntu? After 20 years at Coca-Cola, uh, and I, I, my my journey and Peter's is somewhat similar, so I can speak on his behalf. Um, we both were relatively senior in the company, and it was uh, potentially we could have moved on to any other company or continued in the com- in Coke for 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 longer. Uh, we both realized that um, we had a passion for sustainability and social justice that we felt we were not able to tap into or fully. Uh, utilize in our corporate careers. We were also relatively frustrated with the fact that despite our best intentions as leaders in the company, we weren't making headway on sustainability and social justice as an organization. And we realized it was not for lack of intent on the part of the organization, neither was it on uh, account of, of, of resources in the organization. And so when we both uh, got an opportunity to leave the company and we both spent some time on a sabbatical. We interviewed uh, nearly a hundred startups and entrepreneurs in the space of sustainability, mainly in the space of plastic waste management, and were surprised to find one that there were lots of solutions out there. And most of the solution owners were frustrated at how long it took and how hard it was to get access to the companies who had the resources to scale their technologies. And so then that's when we realized that there was both a market opportunity and an opportunity to do something good. And we set up Ubuntu to solve a problem we faced at Coke and also to solve a problem that we saw our startup community face. Why the name Ubuntu? So uh, about 10 years ago at Coke, I had uh, uh, I was fortunate to travel to Africa and there was a conference where we were uh, introduced to some people who talked about the spirit of Ubuntu, which is a South African word uh, that means I am because we are. It was popularized by Nelson Mandela, and it essentially says humanity is one. And uh, I love the term. And so when Peter and I started Ubuntu, uh, we we chose this as the name of the company. Uh, we also thought it was distinctive enough. There was a story behind it. 
uh, we were constrained by the fact that there is an open source tech platform called uh, a Linux based open source platform called called Ubuntu. Uh, but we said we love the name so much that we'll just change the spelling to U-B-U-N-T-O-O and, uh, and, and hope that eventually we will carve out a name and a space for ourselves. And uh, so far it's worked very well because the name Ubuntu stands out in the midst of a whole host of uh, green tech, clean tech, and uh, other uh, generically named platforms. Well, you know, an old marketing professor once told me, define and design your own category. So it looks like that's what you're doing. Thank you. Yes, that, that, is, that, is, uh, that is great advice by the marketing professor. And our, uh, we often ask, what is Ubuntu like? And we, well, it's, it's a platform in its own right. And it's uh, a unique platform. So some people want to know, is it like LinkedIn? Is it like Airbnb? Is it like Uber? And you could say it's got elements of all of those, but eventually it will be its own platform. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've spent some time on the platform. And if I were to describe it, I would say it's a cross between a LinkedIn and a very clean search engine. It fulfills both of those needs where you can find, like you said, organizations that you're interested in, and you can do it very easy through your search feature. Thank you. Thank you, and um, that's the goal. Uh, we we were inspired by the by the way that an Airbnb user interface worked, and we said if it's so easy that at a click of a button you can find an apartment to stay at the other end of the world, why couldn't we make it as easy and as engaging to find a sustainability solution in any field or any geography? I agree. Now, you've used the word sustainability a few times. You mentioned, you know, very early in your career, you were interested in sustainability. Then due to needs, you took the MBA and went into marketing, et cetera. But let's come back to a moment to the question of why. Sustainability, you mentioned, social justice, humanity. You have these drivers. Where do they come from? What's your why? You know, it's a, it's a, that's a good question. Um, it comes from a very deep love for nature. Um, growing up and over the course of my career, I've always found myself happiest when I'm in a forest by the ocean or in the mountains. And, and I've also seen, thanks to the fact that Coke allowed me to travel to over 50 countries and my family and I love traveling, I've also seen the bleaching of the corals in the Great Barrier Reef in Maldives. I've seen the retreating of glaciers in the, in the Himalayas. I've seen the you know, warming of the Arctic. I've been up to the Arctic Circle. Uh, I've dived in um, in the oceans to see plastic waste in at the bottom of the of the oceans. So I've seen firsthand. Uh, I've been to the Amazon, by the way, and I've seen some of the de- devastation that's happening there. So I've seen firsthand uh, the retreat of nature at the hands of humanity. And I fear that if we don't all collectively do something about it, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a much poorer planet. And honestly, the planet will be fine. It's going to be humanity and civilization that will suffer. So once I had the financial freedom to be able to attempt an effort like this, I decided, you know, better now than never and uh, decided to spend the rest of my life pursuing something that I truly, really believed in. I like that idea of, you know, once you had financial freedom, but I'm going to push a little bit harder. There must have been something easier you could have done. Why take the leap into entrepreneurship? That's actually a great question. Uh, when I when I left Coke and I wanted to do something in this space, uh, the options were uh, join a, a nonprofit 
because the world of sustainability is is really dominated by nonprofits. While I while I think nonprofits play an amazing role in advocacy and bringing attention to problems, I find they tend towards activism and activism that's usually antagonistic towards capitalism. And and while some of the criticism of of capitalist capitalism may be may be valid, uh, I also believe that the solution to our problems lies in capitalism, and that you cannot uh, you know we we can't roll back civilization. So there was nothing out there that I felt was a good application of business fundamentals to the environment. And so we ended up creating Ubuntu because we felt there was nothing that really met what we thought was a solution, uh, which is using capitalism to solve the problems that capitalism has created. I like that. So you're four years along on your journey. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned about yourself? Well, I would say it's actually three, three and a half. Um, and it feels like uh, 35, but um, I think I've, 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 what I've learned about myself is uh, that I am more flexible and adaptable than I thought I would be. When I left the corporate sector, I was at my peak earning capacity and had uh, nearly 25,000 people in the Coca-Cola system in India that were uh, in some way or the other reporting up to me. And when I when I chose the, the entrepreneurial journey and bootstrapped my business, uh, I had to do everything from uh, from being the you know the janitor to the CEO role. Uh, my, my role in the business is chief operating officer, and Peter, my co-founder, is the CEO. But we essentially are co-founders, and we do almost everything uh, together. Uh, and what I learned, uh, the good thing is that um, I, I I I can roll up my sleeves and learn new stuff, new skills from scratch and apply them to a whole new space. The bad thing is that a 30-year corporate career uh, did not prepare me for entrepreneurship. Uh, entrepreneurship requires a whole different skill set than what you learn in a large conventional traditional organization. And uh, if, if anyone listening in is, is considering quitting their job to become an entrepreneur, uh, be prepared to start from scratch <laughs> and learn everything afresh. That's that's fantastic advice. I and I so agree with that. Let's speak about leadership for a moment. You mentioned you had about twenty five thousand people under you at the organization. What are some of the key traits of leadership that you think you had that enabled you to be successful in that organization? I think for leadership, my, my personal uh, journey as a leader, and for better or for worse, I, I wouldn't say I was the best in the world, nor nor would I say I was the worst. But I think the first and most important thing about a leader is believing in the people around you. The best leaders are the ones who inspire their teams to rise above what they think they could do themselves by laying out a vision and then clearing the roadblocks so that the teams that report to you can uh, achieve the vision. Uh, the second leadership skill that I've consistently believed in and applied in my career is that leadership is earned, not bestowed. Uh, so what that means is essentially uh, just because you happen to be the CEO or the CXO or whatever is your designation uh, does not automatically mean that the team that reports to you uh, is beholden to you. Uh, all it means is that uh, you have the organizational title, but you have to earn that respect and trust of the team around you. And that comes from a combination of selfless servant leadership. And it comes from a combination of uh, of knowing or, or believing in where you want to take the organization or you, where you want to take the team, 
and then inviting them on the journey with you. So speaking of journey, and you mentioned vision as the co-founder of Ubuntu, let's fast forward into the future. It's 2030. If Forbes or Business Week were to write an article or headline about Ubuntu, what would you like it to read? That's a great question, Raj. And uh, uh, we have grappled with that a couple of times because the vision has evolved. But at this point of time, what we would love Forbes or Fortune to say is Ubuntu has helped solve some of the world's biggest environmental challenges. It's made plastic waste a history and it's helped dramatically reduce the, the carbon footprint of uh, humanity. And it's done that through a platform that made a profit. That's actually been a, an economically, financially viable entity uh, and, and not, through, uh, not through activism and not through a donation-based model, but through a platform that people have been willing to pay for and, uh, uh, and made a difference in, in, the, in the world. Thank you. I think that's a beautiful vision and just some commentary. Like I said, I spent some time on the platform and I feel like your market going forward is going to be huge, especially with the tailwinds of the recent administration, but also as companies start to realize how important making decisions around ESG is going to be from them, whether it's from a supplier, supply chain, you know, cradle to cradle, cradle grave, product lines. I, th I think that um, going forward, like I said, I think your opportunity is going to be huge. Thank, thank you so much, Raj. That, that's very heartening, and I really appreciate the words of encouragement. Absolutely. Now, last question, and this could be professional or personal. And again, I've cheated because I've listened to some of your interviews. But if you could share some advice, and you did earlier about leadership, advice or words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? Well, um, my advice to anyone listening in is to figure out what your purpose or calling in life is. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit your job and suddenly, you know, uh, go out on a mission. But a true calling is one where you can combine your passion, which is what you love doing, with your skill, what you're good at, with a bigger purpose in, the, in, in, in life. And that could be anything. It doesn't have to be that you want to solve world hunger, but it could be something like you want to spread art, or you, want to, you want to make a difference in the lives of children, or you want to you know, do something in your neighborhood. It doesn't matter. But whatever it is, have a bigger purpose in life than your own self or family needs. And combine that with profitable model where someone's willing to pay you for doing that. So essentially combine your passion with a purpose, with a profit, and with prowess, which is your talent or your skill. So the four Ps of passion, purpose, profit, and prowess is at the intersection of that is where you'll find your calling. And... Uh, it may take a year for you to figure it out, or you may already know what it is, and then start moving on that journey. And uh, you'll find that it'll give you a new sense of renewed energy and focus and a reason to wake up in the morning and do something every day. Well, I could be just reading between the lines here, but it sounds like you took your own advice, and that's why you started Ubuntu. So I did write an article about this on LinkedIn, which is about finding your ikigai. This is the Japanese term for finding your calling or your uh -huh. purpose in life. And uh, I, I do believe that I have found mine. And, uh, uh, you know, I think in the, in the past, I remember uh, I, I had to drag myself out of bed to get to work. And now I have to be dragged away from work to get to bed. 
<laughs> well, congratulations on finding your Ikigai. Congratulations on Ubuntu. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you so much, Raj. Thanks for having me on this on the show. And uh, good luck with your uh, podcast and your journey too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. And you can show your support by sharing our show with a friend or reach out to us on social media where you'll find us under our Nexus PMG handle. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email, btu at nexuspmg.com or contact me via our website, nexuspmg.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter where we share what we're reading and thinking about in the clean tech, green tech sectors. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production.